Welcome to Figures in the Dark, the podcast where we tell stories of all things murderous, paranormal, and terrifying that go on in the dark. My name's Tori. My name's Taylor Shea. Welcome back to the podcast, guys. Hi, guys. How's everyone doing? Great. We're back to back to back here. Back to back to back. Yes. And I, we're both kind of on one, too. Yeah, we're kind of on one, and my brain immediately went to Letterkenny, the back to back to back ships. <laughs> Never seen Letterkenny, so. Oh, my God. I I'm surprised I lived with you for a year and a half, and we haven't watched Letterkenny. I think because usually every time we're finally in the same TV space together, I'm like, I'm going to show you this scary movie. Like tonight. Yeah. I love that for us. Yeah. Because we get stoned and then watch scary things, which is why the person that I'm seeing right now literally straight up said like, no. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not doing that. That sounds way too Which is like, no. Then you know what? You know what? We can get stoned. Yeah. And show him scary things while he's sober. Yes. I like that idea. He was fine with that. He's not opposed to scary things. It was the being being way too fucked up and then being like. I get anxiety thinking well, this that bitch, I can't breathe. This bitch showed me Hereditary when I was high. Oh my god, that movie is genuinely fun. okay. And you can you can attest to this. I think mm-hmm. that is one of only two movies that you've shown me that I've screamed at. You genuinely screamed. Like, it was that one, and then I think Gerald's Game was the one I screamed with the Moonlight Man with the toast. Oh yeah, because I fell asleep and you woke I me woke up. I woke me. I woke you up. Yeah. yeah. So, but Hereditary was so fucking good. Oh my god, but amazing! I so terrifying shit my pants when the fucking scene when the mo- the mom's behind and she rushes forward oh <gasps> the no. one that <sighs> always gets me is her head banging upside down onto the mm-hmm. attic door for some reason that like it like mm. skeeps me out it's definitely it's funny though because we were talking about how we love Ari Aster's directing yes and how I feel like if you just saw Hereditary or just saw Midsummer, you'd be like okay that okay the, like mm-hmm. these are both good movies separately but once you know they were directed by the same the same person you're like you can yeah. see very much the mm-hmm. similarities yes. because what it reminds me of is like there was one scene in hereditary when the son is in class mm-hmm. and he like something happens and then he like is immediately in but it's still his face yeah but then like it's like goes like it's like the ear music that gets really loud and it gets really quiet and he's a different scene but it's still his face yep like that happened in midsummer too yep like i love where they he's he like, has a vision he is so incredibly talented he's coming out oh with a few God. new movies recent like soon and i'm excited yes. about it. yes and the new one i'm still not fully sure what it like the one that i've seen the trailer mm-hmm. for for with um joaquin phoenix i'm still not fully sure i sent like, that one to you yeah i'm yes. not sure what it is either but i'm yeah. sure it'll be good because it's him yes I'm trying to figure out because, like, I always love to try to guess, like, what mm-hmm. the plot is going to be or, like, what the twist is going to be. I have no fucking clue. Yeah, which I'm excited about. Like, we should go yeah. see that in, movie, in the theaters oh, yeah. because, like, I love Ari Aster. Like, you Same. showing me. He's limits. by far my favorite. I agree. Mm-hmm. See, okay, here's my thing. And we're going to yeah. go back to, like, how, you know, mm-hmm. I feel like it's different types of directing. So I yes. can't really compare because, like, apples and oranges. But I love James Wan. I know. he's like, He is he... very talented. But he tells a story in a very different way, yes. and I like Ari Oster's very weird, trippy, arty vision. Well, I think I think that I think that sh- says a lot about us as people, though, because yes. I like James Wan just because of how intricate his yes. stuff can be, but not in an artsy way. In a like, everything matches up, but you didn't yes, know <laughs> exactly. Like the fact, and I think like I think I've explained this before on the podcast. The reason I love the Saul movies is not because of the gore. It's because I don't know. It's not like I like. One Saul movie. When people are like, "What's your favorite Saul movie?" Mm-hmm. If I had to pick, it would be Jigsaw. Which that's okay. okay. People yeah. give me shit for that. It was good. I had fun. No, that was you're thinking. Of, oh wait, you're thinking of Spiral. Oh yeah, Never that mind. was the one with Kevin. Kevin, not almost Kevin Hart. Oh, <laughs> Chris, Chris Rock. Chris Rock. Chris Rock. I was. It was good. It mm-hmm. wasn't the best Saul movie, but if you're looking at one through whatever, and then there's there's one through I think six and or one through seven, and there's Jigsaw and then Spiral. So technically, Spiral is an offshoot of Saul. Okay, one through seven and and Jigsaw are all together. Jigsaw people did not like because John Kramer wasn't in it. Okay, which is which is like yeah. Jigsaw. But I liked it because the way that it like flashed back and was like this was his very first trap ever, okay. which was awesome. But I but when people say like you know what's your favorite Saul movie, I don't necessarily say Jigsaw. I just say I like them all because I like looking at them all as a series. Like okay, because it like all the way up to seven. There's stuff in the seventh movie that goes all the way back to the first movie, and like it's almost like levels and levels and levels mm-hmm. where you're like. 
what the f-? like it's definitely you can yeah. tell that there's some of the movies that you can definitely tell were made like after the fact mm-hmm. like it wasn't meant to be more than one yeah but it's still like the little it's like okay well this person was in a, a saw trap and now she's an apprentice but then she was in a trap again but as the apprentice to make sure it went well but then this guy turned into a pre- it's fucking crazy and i fucking like it i could go on ho- i could do a whole yeah. fucking episode about saw movies because they're so fucking good anyway <laughs> but that kind of shows us as people like yes. i love james wan so much yeah but you also i also love ari aster yeah but i think it's very yes but ari aster being my favorite is mm-hmm. very my vibe mm-hmm. like trippy weird like you don't fully know it's a horror movie for the majority of it yeah. until it like the- hits you in the face that it's like this is fucked up yeah and like I don't know. Like, he also is really entranced and interested in, like, cult stuff. And uh, yeah, I agree. That's a that's a me thing of just yeah. being like, mm, maybe I'll join a Swedish cult. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. You're, you're one who could be like, I could get, I could do that. I could get out of that cult. Yeah. Or as uh, Creed once said from uh, The Office, you make more money as a cult leader, but you have more fun as a cult follower. Exactly. Exactly. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, but anyway, so that's, I don't know how we got on that topic, but we're horror movies. Horror movies, movies. Yeah, so that's know, our plans yeah. for the night. We're going to have tacos and watch horror movies. And now I'm going to have my cup attacked by my cat as I try to tell you this story. Okay, so what's the story? Yes. So this one is one of the cases that was covered on the walking tour that I did oh, when nice. I was in the city. I figured that's what the yes. next one was going to be that. Absolutely. Nice. So shout out to Eddie. And I'm going to put in the show notes a link to get tickets to this walking tour because nice. it was so much fun nice. like i said like i think weeks ago when i first came back and was like raving about my trip mm-hmm. which i absolutely loved um he covered four like four cases mm-hmm. during that walking tour and three out of the four i had never heard of yeah and they were super duper interesting and like mm-hmm. he goes above and eddie goes above and beyond to try to like find out any and all information that he mm-hmm. can about these cases so mm-hmm. he can present them in like a really really awesome way mm-hmm. and I was so interested in this one in particular mm-hmm. that I was like, let's go yeah. full deep dive and wait. like found s- some stuff in here that I didn't, mm-hmm. he, I don't even remember hearing him say. Oh, Cause wow. like anyone who knows me knows that I'm a very auditory learner yeah. and like to the point where literally there was a class, like two classes that I took with this one professor in college that he the way he taught was straight up just lectures. Like, mm-hmm. that's it. And I could take... And the way he structured his classes is it, his grade was always based off of two papers, the midterm, and the final. That's mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. So you have to do well on each one of these things. Every single time, I would do amazing on his midterm and finals because mm-hmm. I would literally, like, almost regurgitate and remember mm-hmm. everything he had said in certain lectures mm-hmm. and, yeah. like, put it all yep. down. I, I was in his class as – both of these classes as a freshman. Everybody else in the room would be seniors, mm-hmm. and I would have the best grade in the class mm-hmm. because I was such an auditory yeah. learner. I got you. I feel that. That's how I was with some of my classes, mm-hmm. too. I found a lot of interesting shit out about this. So today we're going to talk about the piano man killer, Charles Uckel. Never heard of it. I had never heard of this mm-hmm. either, but fuck this dude. Mm-hmm. So Charles Uckel was a professional ragtime pianist who made a name for himself in Manhattan, Union City, New Jersey, and the Catskills. Mm-hmm. So Uckel was quite the talented musician that at times also went by the name Yogi Freytag. Mm-hmm. So in 1961, he married his wife, Enkin. So Uckel, although a very good pianist, was also one to do odd jobs as well for extra cash. Mm -hmm. So some of which were as a musical director, a typist, an accompanist, a voice and piano teacher, and a volunteer uh, auxiliary policeman, Mm -hmm. as well as an apartment manager. So Mm -hmm. remember that last one, especially. That comes back. Okay. So by 1966, Uckel had become tired of the ragtime piano scene and was looking for more steady income and started working mostly as a voice and piano teacher slash accompanist out of his apartment at 29 East 28th Street. Mm Mm-hmm. So he was doing $5 an hour classes, which in today's money would be a little over $45 an hour. Pretty, yeah. Yeah, so this was, like, a genuinely pretty good deal for mm-hmm. a student to work with someone of his caliber. Like, mm-hmm. this man was a talented pianist mm-hmm. and had worked professionally as a pianist. Mm-hmm. So, like, kind of a big deal mm-hmm. if you're an up-and-comer who's yeah. looking for voice or piano yeah. lessons to yeah, go definitely. to this guy. 
So one student of his was Suzanne Reynolds. So she had moved to New York City from Florida with dreams of becoming a singer and a Broadway actress. Mm -hmm. So Suzanne, for several weeks, would go from her day job uh, over to Yukel's apartment for her weekly lessons where she would practice Broadway tunes as he accompanied her on piano and provided voice lessons. So given that she had just moved, was working a secretarial type job, and had big aspirations for Broadway, she found this time very valuable and was very happy to have someone like Yukel teaching her Mm -hmm. as she thought that this would help her shoot to the success that she was aiming for. Mm -hmm. So on October 24th, 1966, Suzanne came for her regular lesson and found a note taped to Yukel's apartment door telling her to let herself in as he was out walking his Great Dane. Mm Mm-hmm. So this had never happened before in the weeks before this, but she didn't think too much of it, just followed the note's instructions. Mm -hmm. So, however, when she came into the apartment, she found that the large dog was sitting in the apartment and that she heard what sounded like the shower running. Mm -hmm. So not wanting to be a problem, she started walking herself over to the piano when Charles, however, then opened the bathroom door fully naked and instead of looking startled to see Suzanne in the room he made no effort to apologize for his nudity and instead told her that he was about to get in the shower and she could make herself a drink and motioned over to a half bottle or or half drink bottle of vodka that was sitting on the kitchen counter Mm. weird vibes Mm -hmm. weird 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 vibes So he closed the bathroom door for a few minutes, and as she began to get herself a drink, thinking to herself that perhaps it was just an accident and telling herself that there were many weird people that lived in the city, and perhaps (laughs) he was just one of them. Oh, my God. That's such a a naive thing to say, too. Yeah, such a young, up-and-coming, especially, like... Young woman, yeah, just trying to get and into I'm not victim field. blaming. No, just being a young woman trying to break into a mm-hmm. field, which I kind of like. I have a whole rant planned for later mm-hmm. about my disagreement with some of the mm-hmm. reasons as to what why people think he did what he did. Mm-hmm. But she's a young person mm-hmm. who respects this person, mm-hmm. and it really, really wants to be successful in an area that this person has already been successful in and is looking at them as their mentor, Mm -hmm. as their superior. You're going to sometimes Mm -hmm. in those situations, I can even say myself, put up with some kind of like creepy or predatory behavior because you want so badly Mm -hmm. to not make waves. Mm -hmm. Like this is, this is workplace harassment for her. Yep. Workplace harassment exists and happens because you're in, especially for the victims, you're in this place where no one would believe you. You're in, like, you're completely unsafe. There's no security or backup for you anyways. Mm -hmm. Yep. So I think that's exactly what this situation is, is Suzanne is just kind Mm -hmm. of stuck Mm -hmm. and just trying to do, and also I think maybe even doing a little fawning or freezing at this moment of just like, this is a weird situation and I just want to be safe. So I'm just going to follow orders. There's also this big ass dog too. Mm -hmm. So if she were to panic and you just know if this dog's like completely friendly or not. Exactly. Like, I think if I remember correctly, this was like her 15th lesson. Mm -hmm. So she had known this person for 14 weeks and nothing weird has ever happened. So clearly she's, trying her best to think of Mm. the person that she had just gotten to know for the last 14 weeks and just like yeah get through this yeah definitely it kind of gives me the vibe of like oh this is weird let's just get through the day and then never come back yeah i agree yeah so a few minutes later however he came out of the bathroom fully naked and told suzanne to give him a moment to go to his room to dress and that they could start the lesson so suzanne again politely followed the instructor's orders and remained waiting by the piano so when he finally did come back into the living room, he then attempted to shyly ask her if she had liked what she had seen. Bitch, the fuck? <laughs> Hello? Yep. So not wanting to entertain any of this, Suzanne tried to laugh it off and attempted to tell Yukul that she thinks they should just start back off working on the last piece that they had been practicing during their last lesson. Mm-hmm. Being like, let's just get back to business. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's yeah. fucking weird, man. <laughs> yeah, agreed. Yep. So, however, instead of sitting down to play the piano and continue with the planned lesson, he attacked her and began strangling her with a necktie. What the fuck? Mm Mm-hmm. So, many warnings for what is yet to come. So, after he had successfully killed her by strangulation, he dragged her body up to an apartment in the building that he had access to as he was working in the building as an apartment manager. Mm. So... When he finally brought her body into the empty unit, he began to strip her body and savagely beat her face and body. Oh, my God. Wait. So, hold on. Post-mortem. He's... 
an apartment manager and this yes. is during the fucking day and he just drug her body and no one saw this is like during the evening-ish hour so this was after her normal day job but so no one saw so somewhere between the hours of like five to seven ish at night but still think think of how, no one saw this yeah but think in of a how, busy like, new york city apartment. i was gonna say yeah but think of like if everyone's day ends mm-hmm. at 4 35 yep. like we know we there's more traffic around our area and we're yep. a very quiet area around that time yep the fuck dude yep Hello? he somehow there was no witnesses drug her body up to an empty apartment building empty apartment unit and began to savagely beat her face Jesus. and body post-mortem and so sorry so many trigger warnings for this he then turned her over and sodomized the body, after which he then began to slice at and mutilate her body and face with a razor. Jesus Christ, dude. Yep. So after he finished uh, humiliating and torturing her deceased body, he went back down to his own apartment, drank a beer, took off his bloodied clothing and gathered her clothes and purse and set out to walk his dog. So while on this walk, Charles dumped his bloody clothes and her belongings on 29th Street and casually walked back to his apartment with his dog. Uh, oh, uh, um, yep. hello? So when his wife returned home, he showed her the body before calling the police. Wait, what the fuck? Yep, he took his wife up to the unit, showed her this dead body that he had just mutilated. I don't know if he told her, like, hey, I did this, mm-hmm. or if he's like, oh my god, I found this thing, because mm-hmm. I will then tell you the story he gives to police. Gotcha, okay. But... Yep, so he he brought his wife to look at this dead, mutilated body that he had done before he Fuck, ever dude. called the police. Jesus. Yep. Fuck this guy. Just absolutely fuck him. So when police arrived, uh, he showed them the body, telling them that he had discovered her in this empty unit when he nor- or when he was doing what he normally does as a, bu- a building manager, and he was going around checking locks in the building mm-hmm. and found that this one was unlocked. So basically, he tried to say that he was just, as an apartment manager, going around testing all the doorknobs in the building to see if they're working right, found that this empty unit that he knew it was empty, like, when he jiggled the door, it was unlocked, stumbled in, and there's just a dead body in this unit. First of all, I... First of all, if I was yeah. in an apartment building and the the building managers came around and started jiggling the fucking door handles... I'd be like, get out. What the fuck is wrong with you? Get the fuck out of here. Like... However... Okay, so side note... I feel so bad about this. So my friend um, who, well, more my friend's friend, but one of the people that I hung out with when I was mm-hmm. in New York City, when she was living in Florida, one of the reasons why she's like, I really want to get the fuck out of here. And she like moved out of one of the apartments that she had was because in the middle of the night, her apartment manager walked in, unlocked the door and came into her house because there was a leak that was going on in the apartment above. And he needed to check to make sure that it wasn't in her apartment. He did not call her, did not warn her, literally just. That's to, illegal. Yes. Totally illegal and Fuck. scared the shit out of her. And now she has like a thing about it and of sometimes course. gets like still gets anxious and nightmares at night. Jesus fucking Christ, yeah, dude. So some apartment managers clearly don't oh understand the law or don't understand human boundaries. Yeah. You don't in the middle of the night unlock the door no. and go into someone else's which unit. is part of the reason i we have the security bar we have on our door because yes. even if our door is unlocked and you can attest to this yes because i was locked out you for can't. 45 minutes one <laughs> you, day you can't get that shit open no like dude that's so fucked no. up absolutely horrible so at first the police officers believed him and didn't suspect him at all and for several hours they like doted on him and was listening to this very odd story until later when they had returned to his own apartment to further take his statement and one of the detectives noticed a very odd stain on his shoes. Mm. So after he asked to look further at the stain, the detective immediately recognized the stain as dried blood and brought mm. Ukul down to the precinct for further questioning. Mm. So when at the station, they continued to question him for several more hours until they also saw suspicious stains on his pants. Mm -hmm. After this, he was officially read his rights. Mm -hmm. So to understand why it took them so long to Mirandize him is that just only four months before this was the Supreme Court decision that made the Miranda reading decision saying that officers were required to read and inform suspects of their rights when in police custody. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. So they basically, I'm forgetting the like official timeline, but basically they're interviewing him, let's say at like seven, eight o'clock mm-hmm. at night. They don't read him his rights until almost 11 p.m. So several hours after they've already been talking Please to him. Please don't tell me that this case gets dropped. No. Okay, thank but God. 
So three hours after having his rights read to him on October 25th, Charles finally admitted to detectives to having argued with Suzanne before her death and having sodomized the body when he had discovered it in the empty apartment. So he was trying to claim at this point that he had had a fight with her. He didn't say who killed her, how she died, but that he stumbled across her dead body and then decided to sodomize it. That was um, the story at this point. Uh, what? Yeah. <laughs> like, um, what? Hello? How? Hey, so I saw this bitch and I'm um, not calling her a bitch, but I saw yeah. uh, uh, as him. Hey, I found this dead bitch. Hey, I found this dead bitch. Um, and I are, hey, this dead bitch that I found, mm-hmm. Um, I argued with her a few hours ago, but then she left my apartment. Now she's dead. I found her here. Let me fuck her corpse. Yeah, it's like real bloody, real nasty in there. But, you know, before guess I what? called I got a you guys, on. before I called you guys, you know, I did what anybody would do. Just kind of, you know, just before you guys got here. Never, <laughs> ever refer to that as ever fucking again. I hate you so much. But like, but like, but that makes how no do you tell sense. this story to a police officer and be like, one, how do we believe you did not do this? And two, that's somehow worse. <laughs> right? Like, I, like, I feel like, why would you admit to sodomy and necrophilia mm-hmm. over murder? Yes. Hello? Yes. Like, it kind of reminds me of, like, my dad was telling me about it. Or no, it was a coworker that we were talking about the, like, the stalker documentaries that are on Netflix. Mm-hmm. And how there was one guy that was straight up like, don't call me a stalker. I may have murdered this woman that yes. I was stalking, but don't you dare call me a stalker. I'd rather be called a murderer than a stalker. And it's like, how? What? What? Yep. Mm-hmm. yeah so he's out here being like i'm not a murderer but i am a rapist of i'm a dead ne- i'm a necrophile and a sodomist yep ew yep Gross. so police continued to press him on what happened in between those two events and him murdering suzanne so he wouldn't discuss it further until after having talked with his wife with the police's permission which mm-hmm. they allowed this because i think they just really wanted the confession yeah. so they're like okay go ahead but after this, he came back into the room with the detectives and said he had more to say. So after the assistant district attorney came down, Yuko confessed to the murder in detail and finally told police that he was the one to have murdered her. Duh. Yeah. Which is like, no shit. Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah. So originally, Yuko was charged with murder, but the ADA wouldn't continue with that charge due to the Miranda issue and his fear that if convicted, this case would immediately win any and all appeals made because the officers did not follow the law and did not read him his rights promptly, making his own confession nearly inadmissible. Yep. So instead, the ADA pled him down to a manslaughter charge in February of 1968. So although the judge agreed with ADA George Monahan's recommendation on a longer sentencing and against parole due to the severity of the crime and leniency of the mm-hmm. sentence, the judge could not could only work with the guidelines of the law in the terms of sentencing. Mm. So he was sentenced he sentenced Yukel to seven and a half years to fifteen years with time served as he had already been in jail during his lead up to the trial. Okay. I yeah. okay. I so here's mm-hmm. the thing. And I'm about to get on a little bit of a rant about time served and shit. Like, I, mm-hmm. okay. I don't agree with time served. It's, here's with, my thing. Depending on the crime. Yeah. So it's one of those things that is a gray area for me because mm-hmm. for someone who's like, um, like I'm reading a book now about this young, young girl who I, I'm not all the way through, but who, who end up ac- either killing or accidentally killing mm-hmm. a baby she was watching and they, what they gave her time served, but it wasn't, it was like an accident. It didn't actually happen. Like, or she was mm-hmm. framed or something like that. Okay. Like, stuff where, like, you're innocent and you're being framed or, like, you're doing it, like, you're, like, mm-hmm. how, am I, uh, how do I think of this? Someone, pure, okay, here's an example. So, like, uh, someone who kills their abuser, they serve time and yeah. they get time served. I agree with that. I would agree with that. But for someone like him, him? No. Fuck no. And obviously that's not how the justice system works and that's no. why it's flawed. But, like, that's why I can't have an opinion on it. Yeah. Because I'm so divided. It's like the death penalty. Yeah. I don't I'm agree with the death divided. penalty majority, majority of the time. But then but there are certain ki- cases like that I'm like, yeah, that I'm like, Bye. kill him. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. Kill him. That's basically exactly mm-hmm. what happened. He was granted time served. And because they were right. Mm-hmm. It, genuinely, if they did try to put him for mm-hmm. in for life, he would win any and all appeals yeah. like immediately because they fucked up. They didn't read him yep. as Miranda. And can't be tried again. Yeah. And like, I can't be fully like, I liked the way Eddie explained this on the tour that it's like, it's really hard to be pissed off at these cops for this because it had only been four months. So new. It's so, so new, new to them. And if you had been a cop or a detective for decades, you'd been doing this shit the mm-hmm. same way for decades. And now all of a sudden someone is saying like, this is mandatory. Mm-hmm. 
and only four months mm-hmm. do you have to like try to yep. practice mm-hmm. this like well not even it's kind not, of amazing that they ever read them at all well not even that but it's like this is mandatory yeah. and you have to do it right immediately now. Yeah. like it's immediate, first thing exactly and like it's not one of those things that's kind of like oh it was rolled out like it was no. rolled you have to do it right now yeah and it's like uh okay yeah it's like, like zero to a hundred yeah and it, it's not second nature to you mm-hmm. and it's not second t- nature to know to do this the second you start talking mm-hmm. to this person basically mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so Ugh, like frustrating mm-hmm. but understandable yeah. legally from a yeah. legal perspective Definitely. from a moral We're... perspective no yeah no i agree yeah i completely which is yeah. the difference between morality and justice I exactly guess. yep yeah Definitely. so yuko went on to serve his sentence and while there he became a quote-unquote model inmate so, as they always fucking do they always are because there's no women in prison exactly <sighs> so frustrating and also that also a lot of times criminals are smart enough to not do shit in prison yeah. because they want to get being out looked so at they can all do the time. so they can do shit outside of prison. Exactly. Duh. So he took classes, he formed a prison ragtime band. Of course he fucking did. He volunteered as a typist and a photographer and even attended regular therapy sessions. Of course he fucking did. So, and after serving 5 years and 4 months, he was granted parole. Jesus fucking Christ. So at the time of his release, the prison warden, Harold Butler, as well as his therapist, Dr. Emmanuel Fuhrer, thought he was a complete rehabilitative success. Mm, I have a feeling that's false. So Dr. Fuhrer uh, was even quoted as saying, we were sure he was rehabilitated and was one of the best, brightest, and most articulate prisoners I have ever seen. And Warden Butler was even quoted as saying, I've seen thousands of inmates, but if we're supposed to release anyone, he was the right guy. There wasn't a mark on his record. I trusted him so much, I probably would have left him alone with my wife or daughter. Oh, mm, I have a sneaking suspicion he kills somebody else. That's a good suspicion you have. But also, for a second, are you fucking shitting me right now? <laughs> this man should be pummeled so hard, like, in the dick for being like, this man straight up murdered this girl brutally. <laughs> <laughs> like, went in there, like, fucked her shit up. Did a, did a full-on Sweeney Todd on that bitch. Yes. Like gruesomely mutilated her body then was trying to tell police i only molested the dead body like this is the most fucked up thing i could think of and you're like yeah i'll leave my wife or daughter alone with this guy he must hate his wife and daughter he shouldn't have any person in his life like this if these are things you say or think right you are clearly not a good judge of character and i'm really concerned You're a oh prison warden, God. and you're like, this guy, who is probably, absolutely, could 100% be the most brutal fucking serial killer if we ever let him out, because for no apparent reason, he just went, snap, and then did the most fucked up thing I could think of, Yeah, like all in one go, and you're like, yeah, he's safe for the general no, public. Now, here's a question. Did he have a history of crime before this? No. So, okay. Yeah, he, he went from zero to 100. fucking phone. Well, not that anyone knows of. He could have been... But a sexual predator before this. Okay, but still. Yeah. You went from seemingly nothing to straight up strangling, mutilating, and fucking a dead body. Yes. Hello? Even Jeffrey Dahmer had fucking Yeah, even Ed Gein at least did the nipple belt before he started doing some weird shit. (laughs) At least he went nipple belt before lampshade. Yeah, he just went from stealing body parts to like going up. Yeah, going on up and being like, murder. (laughs) Ed Gein went from... Grave Robin mm-hmm. to nipple belt to straight yeah. up face mask. Yes. He had a lead up. Yeah. There was no lead up. He was this practicing was... his sewing. Yes. Beforehand. This was literally just let's t- uh, bang around on the keyboard and do 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 piano music. And then all of a sudden you fucking no, it, it, just. It, so no, you know, you know what his escalation was? He went do 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 whatever. And then he went look at my weenie. And then he was like, you like what you see? And then she was like, uh, and he was like, Fuck you. Murder. What the fuck, dog? I don't know. No, I can't, I literally dude. do not understand. This case is so frustrating. So on June 19th, 1973, Charles Yukel was paroled and moved back in with his wife to her apartment on 120 Waverly Place. So if we're going to... Was this a Waverly Place? Hello? Sorry. No. I wish this would be... Right. That would be so much better right. of a time oh than God. this. I understand stand by your man, and I understand this is the 70s, but how the fuck do you stand no, we talked about next it. to this? We talked about my last yeah. case. Uh-huh. 
how? How do you be like, oh yeah, this fucking person who, okay, I would never, I don't think I could ever rightfully be able to like date someone or like stay with someone if they were arrested for embezzlement, even though I'm also like, mm-hmm. eat the rich, fuck them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, I'll be honest here, if we're gonna like assess my mental state as a person, I am so like, anti-capitalism and anti-dumb shit that like the movie hustlers i kind of am like you know what i feel like those mm-hmm. women deserve the money they stole mm-hmm. oh yeah fuck it yeah we love it so, we love like, a, we love a stealing queen anyway yeah but like i don't think i could be with someone if they were like arrested for embezzlement how no. the fuck are you gonna lay in bed next to someone that you know straight up murdered a woman mm-hmm. and molested yeah. her dead body and mutilated her corpse i agree I don't know. No, you would never catch me in the same room as this person, let alone allowing them to mm-hmm. live in my house, sleep in my bed. Definitely. But so and the af- fact that she was stayed, she stayed married with him too. Yeah. Like hello. This whole time, like I could understand if he's still in prison, kind of, because then it's like you are safely in the walls mm-hmm. of where you should be, but you let him out and in your house, insane. So after his release, he decided to switch career paths and wanted to pursue his talent and love for photography by becoming a filmmaker and advertising photographer. Mm, I don't like this. So of course he did exactly what predators do in this exact field and started advertising in theatrical publications for his need for actresses and photo models and claiming that he was a first-time film director. Of course. As they do, as we talked about, like we we talk yeah. we talk and talked about this in the yeah. Atlanta child murder case. Yeah, and even like it's the Richard Ayala scam, mm-hmm. basically. And with this, this opened up a whole nother opportunity for a victim pool. Mm-hmm. So he was once again he was considered the expert or person in power over young people starting their mm-hmm. careers in a film. He probably fucking got or off fame on it type too. industry. That's why I have this planned rant for later okay, of love it. like. These were clearly his victims that he chose were clearly women who were at the most powerless point yeah. of their like their life, their career journey. Yeah, oh, definitely. Yeah. This is how he then met 23 year old actress Karen Schiegel or mm-hmm. Schlegel. So Schlegel. Schlegel. Sorry. sorry, I pronounced her last name wrong. You're so good. very sorry, Karen. Rest in peace. So he cast Karen as a feature in the indie film that he was directing. Mm-hmm. So Yukel showered her in praise and told her that he thought that she was what he called raw talent. Mm-hmm. And that he said that he could provide her with acting tutoring to further her career. Okay. So Yukel told her, yeah, so he can provide her tutoring in a career that he's just starting in. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah. Sounds like. A plot. Sounds like a scam to me. Yep. So Yukel told her that this indie film wasn't going to pay right away. So for an immediate paycheck, he he told her that he could shoot her for a soap advertisement and invited her to the apartment to do that. Mm -hmm. So Karen's friends admit that they expressed concern to her about her doing this, but she thought that he was harmless. Oh. So she had no idea about his previous conviction and said he was always nice and seemed quite quiet and well-mannered. Mm, so she went. As they always do. So on August 19th, 1974, Karen went to Yukel's apartment for the invitation of an advertising photo shoot. And when she walked into the room, the room was all set up for a shoot with all the lights and equipment. And this provided her with some reassurance that she was right. It was just business. So mm. nothing to be worried about. However, as the shoot continued, Karen began to realize that Yukel was touching himself. <gasps> no. Yep. So she, of course, was uncomfortable and attempted to address it. And he meekly said to her, do I turn you on? He sounds like a fucking pussy. Yeah. Like stuttered at her. Do I turn you on? The fuck though? No. And then picked up his necktie and began to strangle her. What the fuck, dude? So this was planned. I don't care what anybody says. No, it was planned. planned. You planned this. So on the first night after the murder, he hid her body under his and his wife's bed. Before, on the next day, he took her nude body up to the roof of the building where he again mutilated a woman's body who he had murdered with a knife. So, yep. He hid the body under their bed for a full fucking night. And... And you let this shithead in your house. I don't want to blame her as a wife or, like, try to be like she's a shitty person. But how the fuck? You let this shithead in your house and this is what he does. No, what's... uh, Mm, No. 
Her body was then discovered and her death was then aired on the evening news. So at first police suspected what is normally the case that perhaps she had been killed by a boyfriend or an intimate partner. Mm -hmm. But when the story was on the news, parole officer Benjamin Mm. Lichtenstein saw the story on TV and immediately recognized the address. So he called up a friend of his at the 13th precinct and was like, who was investigating the murder and said, you know, the body that you found on the Waverly place, Mm -hmm. that's where Charlie Uckel lives. Remember how he killed someone and mutilated their body? Yep. How he literally did this exact same thing before. Mm-hmm. And he lives there. Hello. In the building. Hello. Hello. Please go. Hello. 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 Somebody come get Peter. him. He's murdering these women. It's <laughs> actually kind of perfect. Right. I actually have it framed on my wall. One of those memes. It's like, it's literally like painting of like one of jack the ripper's victims and it's literally somebody come get her she was stabbed by jack the ripper i hate you oh my god I hate that was the that. only gift my ex ever gave me that was worth anything oh my god i love me. that that's so fucking funny yeah so so they basically was like okay yeah we'll investigate this fucking person who mm-hmm. clearly did this because he's done it oh before in this exact same way mm-hmm. so then after that the investigation quickly shifted to suspecting charles Hugel. Because finally, huh? yeah, the brain cells they click. So wait, so when did when did this murder happen versus the other one? Uh, this happened in I think seventy three, and the mm-hmm. last one happened in nineteen sixty six. So not even six years later. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and not even fourteen months after he was. Of course, uh, out that, on that doesn't that does not shock me in literally no. the fucking slightest. Anyway, so Charles was then arrested on August twenty fourth after a short investigation. However, ADA Keenan was accused of forcing a confession out of Yukel by not allowing him to speak to an attorney after he had asked for one. Oh no! So this is the second time that he's pretty much. uh, slipping through the legal loopholes because police or ADAs are fucking up his rights. Jesus fucking Christ. Dude, do your job. Do, I get it. Do your job. I get that you like, I just recently, like this is a recent thing, but like do your fucking job. Well, the asking for an attorney and not getting them one, that's not a recent thing. You're just being an idiot. You're right. You're right. So after, after Yukel was provided an attorney, uh, he made a, plea bargain uh with the ada to plead guilty and receive 15 years to life Mm -hmm. so his attorney told the judge when he pleaded guilty at trial that he was hoping that if he pled he would receive psychiatric treatment so the judge understood but said that he could not guarantee that Mm -hmm. so he did however have yukel allocute in court to murdering karen and he did admit to the court that he had killed her Mm -hmm. so when he tried to tell the judge why he had done what he what he had done to her this is what he had said. It was because he had an urge to kill. Uh, oh, okay. Okay. And urge okay, And, but also like, and like, wh- and, and question mark, question mark, question mark. Like, okay. Guess what? I have the urge to bite into a soda can and cut up my fucking gums. No, I don't fucking do that. that. I have the urge to like drive my car yeah. off the fucking road every day. You know what I don't do that. that. Every time I see a sewer grate, like the grates when yeah. you're walking, I have the urge to throw my phone or my keys down. But there. no, you don't do, do I do it. No, no, you don't do that. Absolutely not. You can have urges to do shit. Yep. You don't do it. There is such a thing as intrusive thoughts. Yes. However, if your intrusive thoughts are this fucked up, learn to control them. Mm-hmm. Don't do them. Mm-hmm. Like what is wrong with you? Go also, how therapy. is that your urge? Mm-hmm. Like sometimes I have the urge to yell at people to like bark in someone's face and just see what happens. <laughs> like my brother actually does that. That's hysterical. He actually does. He will be I in Target. Really appreciate that. He he'll be and you've met my brother. Mm-hmm. Like he doesn't look like a guy who would do that. Mm-mm. He looks very put together and like he'll yeah. be in t- Target with his girlfriend and she'll be wandering off somewhere and he'll go to someone <laughs> and then they'll then they'll like look and then he'll hide down an aisle and they'll think it's his girlfriend. <laughs> Such an asshole. Anyway. Oh, I kind of love that for him. Yeah, right? Oh, that makes me respect him on a different level. Right? But this man had an urge to yeah. kill somebody. And just did it. Like, that's Twice. not how that works. No, let's not do that. Let's not do that. No, I'm good. He, he never should have had the chance to, but nope. also, like, fuck off. Yep. So, due to this being a reoffense that was nearly identical to his initial mm-hmm. horrifying and violent crime, it caused the general public to question the legitimacy of the criminal justice system, yeah. which they should have already been doing anyways and which should we, always be doing. Yes, because the CJ system is fucked. fucked. It's Reagan's fault. And, well, Fuck it started Reagan. long before that, but everything. Fuck you, Reagan. Oh, I need to send a TikTok to you about, like, this person was, like, looking out the window and being like, 
every time I think I'm enjoying the nice day, I remember all of the fucked up things and remember mm-hmm. it was probably ruined by Ronald Reagan. Fuck that guy. Fuck the war on drugs. Fuck, fuck you, Reagan. And fuck, fuck you, Reagan. Fuck you, Nancy Reagan. Yeah, she's a fucking bitch. And also, um, side note, um, Jackie Kennedy eats sheet metal. What did you just say to me? Jackie Kennedy eats sheet metal. Did you just say Jackie O? Jackie Onassis. Queen Jackie Onassis. Eats eats sheet, sheet metal. metal. Have you seen her chompers? <laughs> Have you <laughs> I thought you were telling me some for real shit. Like she's gonna be on <laughs> like TLC's <laughs> watch strange addiction. She's is she still alive? I don't know. <laughs> no, it's a fucking <laughs> Jesus it's Christ. a joke on TikTok. Oh my god! I thought you were gonna tell me something for real. Like you know how people on My Strange Addiction eat fucking couch cushions and shit. There was one lady who was addicted to eating her husband's ashes. I thought oh you were gonna tell me god. something weird. N- n- I mean, no, but like, have you seen her? She looks like she eats sheet metal for fun. Okay. She does. You can't say she doesn't. Have you okay, seen her teeth? Yeah. She eats sheet metal. Yeah, they're they're kind of a lot, but also her favorite like- cereal: nuts and bolts. <laughs> she doesn't need the jaws of life to get out of a car she, she can do it herself her. she can do it herself she can do it with her own mouth <laughs> anyway well, fuck you reagan fuck you reagan so people were questioning the validity of plea bargains mm-hmm. early parole early parole and the therapeutic approach to sex offenders I don't think there is one. But no, because F. fun fact, if you're a sex offender or a pedophile, you cannot be rehabilitated. Nope. Anyway. So as Yukul was considered a poster boy for rehabilitation when he was first released, but managed to repeat his crime after only 14 months of being released. Ridiculous. Homie couldn't even make it two years. He couldn't even make it a little over a year. Oh, my God. Homie was like, I have the urge to kill somebody. I have the urge. (laughs) I have the urge. Can you have different urges? Like, can you? You know what? You can, like, I don't know. Okay. Can't you have the urge to be productive? Can you have the urge to, like, actually be rehabilitated? Yeah. There's a question That would have been awesome. Right? Right, my guy? Also, like, uh, even if you were rehabilitated, I think you should still stay longer for what you did. Oh, I agree. 110%. But, like, Hello? Hello. Anyway. So, and of course, not only were the professionals that worked with Yukul trying to find anything to blame or anybody else except for him, so was Yukul. So he tried to use his bad childhood as his excuse for why he murdered these oh, women. Oh, boo fucking who. Mm-hmm. Oh, and when I get into this. <laughs> oh, I'm going to be mad. Yeah, because like, I don't. All right. We will also be the people that it's like, don't compare tragedies because, yes. like, what is very traumatic for one person is not overly traumatic for another. Mm-hmm. But I will also preface and say, especially in terms of like privilege, there is some things that it's like, mm, like, if you're a very wealthy person and you literally get a black eye from running into a chandelier, mm-hmm. like, I'm so sorry your diamond tiara exactly. is heavy. <laughs> like, yep. Mm-hmm. It's kind of one of, like, it feels a little this-ish. Mm-hmm. Like, there are parts of it that I'm like, I can see how that's really upsetting or could be really traumatizing for someone, but not enough to be like, yeah, that could cause a murder. Mm, gotcha. It's one of those, like, what? Like, yeah, like hello? you could have just gone to therapy or also, like, this would explain if you were, like, a dick, yeah. not if you're gotcha. a, okay. a full-blown yeah. murderer. Makes sense. So he claims that as a child, he was forced to play piano perfectly in an attempt to become a virtuoso by his cold and emotionally distant mother. Okay, there so, are several of us so, who's got those. So here's my question. If uh, that mm-hmm. was such a trigger for you, uh, women playing the piano or, yeah. talk, or talking about playing the piano, don't become a fucking, fucking instructor. pianist. Yeah. But also like, okay, I can see how that would be very upsetting as... A human person who understands that the connection mm-hmm. with your mother is a very impactful mm-hmm. one to a person. I could understand how this could traumatize you. Mm-hmm. However, I don't understand how it could traumatize you to a degree that you kill, mutilate, and then rape the dead bodies exactly. of people. Exactly. Don't get it. So his parents split when he was seven, and then he moved to L.A. with his father, who was an absentee parent. So he stated that he wanted his father's attention so badly that he started committing arson at age nine. Uh, hello? Yep. What? That's why I'm like, I feel like there's more to this. Yeah. 
I agree. I feel like there's got to be a much more significant childhood trauma mm-hmm. here, i.e. like being genuinely yeah. physically or sexually abused by a person. I agree, yeah. Because this doesn't add up for like just abandonment issues. Yeah, I agree. So he stayed living with his father and did and did not reunite with his mother for 14 years until he had moved back to New York City as an adult, which although he had wanted to, their relationship did not improve. Mm-hmm. So, and of course, because it's somehow always the mother's fault, mm-hmm. his therapist also tried to blame his mother. And Dr. Fuhrer tried to claim that he hated women that reminded him of his mother who had put too much pressure on him to be perfect at the piano. Don't become a fucking instructor. Also, this is why I had this rant planned. Because how did either of these two women remind you of your mom? Because both of these were young women who had no power and no control. And your also, mother had power and control over you, the child, mm-hmm. who was making you play this piano perfectly. Who was like, if you don't fucking play chopping, I'm not going to talk to you. Mm-hmm. Or if you cry, I'm not going to be emotionally available mm-hmm. for you. How are two young women who are fawning and doing whatever you you tell them so that they can stay safe Mm -hmm. in any way shape or form similar to Mm -hmm. a woman who was putting pressure on you Mm -hmm. and who was in control of the situation Mm -hmm. these were two women that were entirely powerless how did they ever remind you of a woman that was in control and also like why did you make the choice to fucking Mm -hmm. rape the one's body yes like why did you make any of these choices how did you make any of these choices and why i 100 disagree and like I'll also kind of talk about it in a minute, but like on this, um, kind of like on this tour, the one thing that I disagreed with Eddie about when he was talking about the theories of this crime was that, well, actually, no, I'll wait till later because it makes more sense after something else I'm going to tell you. Mm-hmm. But, but the blame, uh, but to blame other women, um, didn't just stop at his mother. Uh, so he also tried to blame these crimes on his wife's and his poor relationship. Yet she stood by you when you murdered and sodomized and mutilated a fucking body. And you repaid her by murdering another woman and putting her under your bed. I literally. Yeah. How is it her fault? What a grade A fart sniffer. Yep. What a grade A fucking asshole. Like. Like, Are you kidding me? Anyway. Like, I hope that you lick razor blades. You're such a dick. Ooh. I hope. I hope mm-hmm. someone. I hope someone mm-hmm. puts some fucking t- thumbtacks under your toenails and makes you kick a wall. Yes, that's how. F- fuck this guy. Mm-hmm. So their relationship was defined or was definitely not a physically close one, as his own wife did confirm that they would only have sex once a year and sometimes even less than that. Um, okay. Which, again, I became very frustrated with this is how they were trying to explain. So these are the two things that they tried to be like, this is why he became a horrific murderer who, like, did fucked up shit to dead bodies because his mommy didn't love him and because his wife wouldn't have sex with him. That doesn't cause a murderer and stop blaming women. Why do you think she didn't want to have sex with you? You fucking molested a dead body. Mm-hmm. I don't know what your mom's problem was with not loving you, but... I don't know if you were anything like that when you were a child. I wouldn't love you either. Exactly. Exactly. Like, for fuck's sake. Maybe you're just a dick. Maybe you're just a dick and it's not everybody else's fault. Mm-hmm. Like, I am. Uh, I graduated with a sociology degree. I very much believe in, like, nurture versus mm-hmm. nature. I don't think people are necessarily always inherently mm-hmm. born evil. I do believe that society, like, the way a person is raised and the people mm-hmm. who they surround themselves with really impacts their values mm-hmm. and really shapes Agreed. their mental state. However, stop blaming women for you doing fucked up things to women. Agreed. It's the same as like this fucking incel shit of like, I'm mad that women don't want to fuck me. Maybe because you're a fucking dickwad. Maybe because you're just unfuckable. Yeah, maybe you're unfuckable maybe because have you, you tried, act like a dick. Maybe have you tried um, decrusting the Cheeto dust from your fucking hands? Yeah. Have you tried shaving your fucking neck beard recently? Have you tried yeah. touching grass? Have you tried going to therapy? Have you tried respecting somebody? Yeah. Because, you know, what really gets me off is some respect. Exactly. Have you ever tried, like, not having ulterior motives to being nice to someone? Because you're not nearly as nice a guy as you think if the only reason you're being nice to someone is because you want to fuck them. Mm -hmm. Yep. Agreed. 
Agreed. Yeah. So straight up all of this. Mm -mm. But so on August 21st, 1982, nearly 10 years after Karen's murder, Yukel barricaded himself in his cell at Clinton Prison, threatening to take his own life. Mm -hmm. So he was originally talked down by a shrink and was sent to the infirmary, but the next day was found dead there. He had hung himself with the strip of cloth that he had pulled from his mattress cover. Mm. So one of the things that like... Eddie had said on the tour was that he kind of believes that because I do obviously think that like his him his suicide was very much tied in clearly timeline wise with Karen's Mm -hmm. murder and that maybe there was some level of guilt there but Eddie kind of said that like when he did the research or when he like thought about this man he thought of this man as like a tortured guy who didn't want to be doing the things that he was doing and that there was just Mm -hmm. something kind of evil inside of him and that maybe he Mm -hmm. killed himself because he knew that if he ever got out he would do something evil Mm -hmm. again and that it was like he kind of made it sound almost like this like savior type thing like i'm Mm -hmm. saving the other women of the world by like taking myself out because i can't control myself Mm -hmm. i don't think charles yugel was that good a dude i don't think that he was smart enough or kind enough to think of other people and think that Mm -hmm. oh i I could take another woman out if someone doesn't stop mm. me. I think he was just a selfish fucking prick. I agree. In death as he was in life. He didn't mm. want to continue to pay for any of his sentence. And I think he did know that if he got back out, he was going to do it again. And then maybe this time, finally, the cops or the DA wasn't going to fuck mm. it up. And he wasn't going to get another loophole and get mm. right back out. Yeah, I agree. Mm-hmm. Fuck that guy. Jesus fucking Christ. I'm shocked I've never heard of that motherfucker before. I know. That's insane. Right? What the fuck, yeah. dude? Absolutely insane. Well, I appreciate you giving me that case. That's fucked, yeah. dude. Yo, that's a... Mm, that talk was a about a fucking, fucking one. A fucking grade A dick dick bag. Yeah. He's an a absolute fucking douche canoe. Love it. Yeah. I, no, not love him, but no. love the insults we're giving Yes, him. because fuck he this guy. He can kick rocks with sandals. absolutely the worst. I was... 100% amazed that I had never heard of this crime mm-hmm. when uh, we were oh, going on this tour. But absolutely wonderful tour. Please go on it. Yes, I, I would love to. Incredible. It was so much fun. I had such a good time. You got to see so much of like Center City mm-hmm. and like it was so beautiful like going around like Alphabet City and stuff mm-hmm. like that and just really like mm-hmm. just he was so funny. It was mm-hmm. so much fun. I highly recommend this tour and nice. the tickets were like reasonable. Very nice. reasonable tickets. Nice. That's awesome. Well, mm-hmm. if you want to hear more of the stories that Tay heard on her walking mm-hmm. tour, yeah. you can follow us on Instagram at Figures in the Dark. Follow us on Twitter at Figures in the Dark or Figures in the Dark, but dark spelled D-R-K. You oh my god, I almost fucked it up. <laughs> you can like us, you can like us on Facebook, send us a message, share our page at Figures in the Dark. You can send us an email with your case suggestions, spooky stories, mental health check-ins, as well as pictures of your cats. Please, I want to see your pets. Mm-hmm. Um, at figures in the dark podcast at gmail.com and you can listen to us on all major streaming platforms including spotify um apple music and not anchor that's not a thing anymore mm-hmm. jesus christ yeah it's spotify for podcasts spotify for now. podcasters which y'all if you're not a podcaster you can't listen to it anyway uh-huh. so you can listen to us on all major streaming platforms including mm-hmm. spotify apple music amazon music and google podcasts nice yes and thank you and as always Beware the figures in the dark. Yes. Okay, bye. Bye.